Welcome to the official business and lifestyle legends podcast. Real life stories, exciting interviews, and a lot of knowledge to change your life. And here is your host of today's episode, Ben Schneider. Today's episode is powered by JobMofi.com. JobMofi.com is a job search platform where you can hire remote workers from the overseas, from all over the world, and you can sell your services on the marketplace. So if you need a remote worker, a designer, a virtual assistant, a web designer, developer, or anything else, go on JobMofi.com, sign up for free, only verified users, no fakes, no scam. Check it out. 14 days free trial on jobmofi.com. Welcome guys to this new episode. Today I have an awesome guest from Long Beach in LA. He is the host of the Zolopreneur Hour podcast. He was starting his own podcast in 2013. He has more than 9 million downloads and more than 800 episodes online. So as a kid, he was a sponsored BMX rider. And then he was a designer, creative director and branding expert for more than 15 years before he was starting podcasting. And he was able to monetize his podcast into a six-figure podcast in six months. So we are both watching Carl Lovers. That's not the only reason why he's here, but yeah, there is a lot of value to get from him. Um, welcome, guys. My, day, uh, my guest today, Michael O'Neill. Hello, Michael. What's going on? I'm man? good. I'm good. How, How about you? Oh, so good. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, you brought me on to talk podcasting, which is one of my favorite topics to talk about. And as you'll soon find out, I've never been accused of <laughs> yeah. brevity. So we are talking about doing a podcast, starting a podcast, how to monetize a podcast. So there will be tons of value for you guys if you are thinking about the topic podcast. So definitely Michael is the best, uh, best person you can uh, listen to. Um, so you were starting your podcast 2013, but I know you lost all the money before you have with uh, 35 and started, let's say like from scratch again, your life. So you lost all your money. So first, why did you lose all your money? At, and then why were you starting a podcast at this time? First of all, Ben, I'm so impressed that you could do a podcast in two languages. I can barely speak one. So that is very impressive. Um, so, yeah, my my journey is a little uh, it's a bit of a bummer. So I, I'm sorry if I started off in that way. But um, I was a, a designer and a branding guy and web guy for many, many years and um, had a really good career. I was a creative director of a Fortune 500 company and. And it was good. And then both of my parents got sick for a number of years and passed away uh, kind of in the mid 2000s. My dad died in 2006 and then my mom died a few months later in 2007. And between the uh, just taking care of them and flying back and forth from Colorado to Florida and all the medical bills and things like that, it, it 
completely bankrupted me. So um, I got there, I needed to reset. So I put their ashes in a little Parmesan cheese shaker, which I have sitting right over there. And I went to Europe for three months uh, and I spread their ashes everywhere that I wanted to take them when I was like a successful adult. But when I came back, um, I flew back from Brussels uh, to uh, DC to Colorado. And <clears throat> when I landed, I had $14. That was my net worth was $14. And um, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I, I knew that I didn't ever wanna work an hour for a dollar again. I didn't wanna be that sort of client services you know, rotation. And I wasn't very employable um, at that point. Um, I'd been, you know, uh, 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 kind of working from the couch for so long that I wasn't a very good employee anymore. The time freedom was too important to me. And so I found a, one of the first, two things happened at the same time. One is I found uh, internet marketing and I also found network marketing. So those two things, one was like, this was, this was in the day where you could put up a couple of landing pages on the internet and keyword load them and get hundreds of thousands of views to your pages in like not a lot of time. Like it didn't take that much. So I met this guy that was making like five grand a day selling like a weight loss tea or something dumb. Um, on, you know, he'd buy, he would buy a container full of product and then he would just make a couple of landing pages and get a fulfillment center and just say, I couldn't believe it. I didn't know, you know, of course they changed it up, Google updated, they did the Panda update, uh, Penguin and Panda and it changed everything. But um, that was really eye opening to me. And then from a community standpoint, I joined this network marketing company. I didn't know a whole lot about being an entrepreneur as much yet, but to see all these amazing self-starters that like, uh, it didn't matter what their background was, they could become a millionaire because they followed a system or they did a thing. It was really eye-opening to me. And between those two industries, I met so many cool people uh, that were in all walks of life that did all kinds of different jobs, but the common theme was if you hired their business, you got them. That was the thing. It's like you hired their business and they were the person behind the scenes doing the work. And I started calling that being a solopreneur. And that's really where that phrase started getting kicked around in my head for uh, a few years. And then I don't even know what the onus was. Nobody I knew was doing a podcast. Uh, but I, I wanted to, uh, you know, what happened was there was a guy that worked for one of the network marketing companies and I said, you know, hey, we should think about growing your brand because that's the thing that I'm best at is building brands for people. And he goes, uh, how do we do that? I go, what about a podcast? And he said, what's a podcast? And I said, oh, it's like a radio show that you're down. This is 2011 or no, 2000. Yeah, 2011. So we launched in 2000, early 2012, we launched a show called The Kick-Ass Life with David Wood. And that show did really well. It was like a top 10 podcast in health, the overall category in health on iTunes. And it was really good. It was a great experience. I did everything behind this. He talked into the mic and I did everything else. And Ben, you as a podcaster know how much work that is 
on the other side of the microphone. So if you have editors and producers and promoters and social media people and all those things, thank them because it's a lot of work. I was doing all of that. And David, the host, was climbing Mount Kilimanjaro one, uh, it was February of 2013. And we didn't have a show and we needed a show. So me being a musician my whole life, I said, well, the show must go on. So I did a little 45 minute show on how to use social media to grow your, uh, your solopreneur business, I think is what I called it. And I remember hitting record and I did the show and then I hit stop and I went, huh, that was easy. You know, and then all these people sent me emails and said, you should do that. That should be a thing you do. So it was one of those things where I think uh, you, you, sometimes we get lucky and later in life we discover something that we were really had an aptitude for and good at. And uh, that's what it was. So I thought it would be cool if I did a show. And what if I just started talking these long form interviews with these people that I thought were cool, these solopreneurs, which includes not only you know, authors and, and, you know, uh, online people, things like that, but actors and comedians and musicians and, you know, that kind of thing. And so athletes, so that's what I did. I launched it, uh, August of 2013. And that was now 800 and I don't know where I'm at something, 820 something. And now 10 million, uh, downloads ago. Uh, and that was kind of my podcast career. I hope that wasn't too wordy. That's, a, that's no, no, as tight all, as I all good, all good. That, That's awesome. That's an awesome story, man. Um, so you were, st you were starting that podcast and these days there were not really much podcasters. So right now there are tons of podcasts out there and I think it's quite hard to get in yeah. the first place to get in the new and noteworthy category. Um, but the other truth is that most of the people are um, I don't know. I think your number is that most of the podcasts have around seven episodes online. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, right. That's, they make yeah. it seven so, episodes. So and that's I think it. that's one of the main problems, not only with podcasting, but for people that they do not have time. They are not consistent in doing something. So they start something. And if it's not skyrocketing after the first two weeks, they cut it. So um, what do you think about the yeah. today's time in 2021, if you're starting a podcast right now, um, is it is it incredible hard or unreachable or is it still possible um, to do a, a well-known podcast with, I don't know, 20,000 downloads an episode? Um, is it about technique? Is it about attitude from the host? Is it about luck? What would you say? Yes to all three of those. Um, so yes, it is possible. And the, the first thing to remember when you're, uh, this actually goes for podcasting or YouTube or you name it. Um, the second that you get a microphone and you start speaking into it, you are now a professional broadcaster. You are now competing with Netflix, network television, Pandora, Spotify. All, you're, you're now competing with all of those things for a user's uh, uh, commitment 
to, to, to pay attention to you for a certain amount of time. Versus YouTube, and you, you probably could speak to this a bit, Ben. Um, podcasting is not as hackable as YouTube is. YouTube, you can mess with titles and tags and thumbnails and see a, a statistical difference in the content that you are providing. Podcasts, you got to be good at it. You got to be just good at podcasting. A lot of us aren't good to begin with. And that's okay if, like you said, if you have to have the right attitude, the attitude has to be if you're brand new at something, don't try to come off as an expert. You want to bring the audience along with you on your journey of getting better at this platform. And if you have something to say that's, that's interesting and you have good intention in your heart, people, I think, will follow with you. They will, they will ride that uh, wave with you. The other part is people don't take podcasting seriously enough. They think that because it's easy to, to make a podcast, which it, like I could literally make a podcast on my phone, a brand new show right now while we're on the, this show together and I could probably have it uploaded and be live. It would not be that hard to do. I could probably figure out how to do it really quick. The problem is, because of what I said before, because we're competing against all those things, well, guess what? The pros are here now. People that went to school for broadcasting and they know how to interview someone and they know how to be a host of a show and they know how to keep things moving along and, and have a narrative and be entertaining first before they try to provide value which I think is one of the biggest keys to podcasting. Everybody wants to say, oh, I'm just gonna be value, value, value. What universe do you live in that if you went to like, you know, high school or grade school and you had an algebra teacher that knew their formulas, that that was more interesting than hearing a story of how that formula helped the guy build his own house. Like that's an interesting story of how an algebra equation fits in the real world because they were great storytellers and they understood that entertainment was how they were going to get the message across. We don't pay enough attention to that as new podcasters. We think, cool, I'm going to start this podcast. Then the next month I'm going to start my mastermind and everyone's going to pay me like five grand to spend 10 minutes with me and it's going to be <laughs> awesome. And it's like, what universe are you living in that you think that's the case? So here's what I'll say. The, from a brand standpoint, a guy who would spend 15 years as a brand guy, it's by far the most important part of launching a show. You have to nail your brand. People have to know exactly what they're getting when they click on your podcast logo and they, they have to understand what it is they're about to listen to. If it's vague or nondescript or it's the Bob Jones show, and nobody knows who Bob Jones is, it's not going anywhere. Because guess what? Bob Jones isn't Pepsi or Starbucks or a global brand. So unless your name is Oprah or The Rock, you don't get to name your show after yourself. It just does not do it well. It, it's too hard. You're putting too many barriers in front of yourself that maybe your mom's going to listen to your show because they know your name. But otherwise, what's the, if you don't have notoriety, what do you do? So that's A. You gotta nail your brand. You've gotta uh, be a student of the game. 
Study people that are great. If you're going to interview someone, study people that are great interviewers, like off camera with Sam Jones, or um, I like, um, here's the thing with Alec Baldwin. I really like uh, Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard. Those are people that are great interviewers. To Howard Stern, no one's ever been better than Howard Stern. And so if you want to be a great interviewer, study that. Study stand-up comedy. Study how a per, one single person in front of thousands can move an audience through an energy and get a, a point across. Their point is a joke. Their, their punchline is the narrative. But if you have a point you're trying to make about whatever it is your subject is, see how a stand-up comic sets up a premise and then explains it before they make the point. The audience understands what their point is before the joke hits. So if we can start thinking like that uh, as, a, uh, as a podcaster and really be a student of being a great interviewer, what happens is when someone is then interviewed on your show, they go, especially if they've been interviewed a lot on a lot of podcasts, most podcasts are terrible. They're terrible interviewers and, they're, and they don't understand the global um, uh, uh, rules of interview and promotion and things like that. So when you get someone who's an A-lister on your show and you give them a great experience, they are so much more apt to share it on their social media and they might have millions of followers and or uh, say, hey, you have to interview my buddy, whoever. And they're also a, this amazing A-lister that you could never get to if you were bad at your job. So it's important to us to be good at our job. I think everybody who's, uh, who's trying a podcast tries to be good. But uh, maybe the problem is they think they are already good. What do you think about that? Because uh, let me share you real, uh, really quick something. Yeah. Um, a few years ago when I was... Uh, good in business, so earned some money, and I was like, hey, I'm, I'm the man, I can do that, uh, I earn a lot of money, I don't need to learn <laughs> right. something new, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm crushing it. But the, the real life, uh, yeah. or, the, or, or if, you, if you do really the reality check, it was, I'm okay, I'm starting to be good, but I'm far away from being awesome. So I think maybe that's, that was my case. I had to step back, uh, a big step back to see and realize, hey, I have to learn a lot because uh, I'm like shit right now. I'm doing good, but, but I'm far away from, from doing awesome. And then if, you, if you're getting older and something like this, and then you're realizing, hey, I have, I have not figured out life yet. I need to learn a lot. And then you're, you're starting listening to people. Not sure, maybe you have the same experience or, or understand what I mean. Um, but I think a lot of people out there making some money and trying to start their own podcast, doing a coaching business, what you mentioned, um, and they think they are already good, but they really aren't. What do you think about that? I think that uh, it's no mystery that public speaking is a difficult, uh, it's a difficult thing to master. And being a, a, a podcaster or a YouTube person is another form of public speaking. 
you, you have to understand that in most cases, the people that you see, you know, presenting on, on TV, um, they went to acting school, like they went to school for this. They went to broadcasting school. The thing that seems easy and casual when you are faced with it, when that camera is on, when that red light is on, to be able to, to, to keep a conversation flowing, because like with my uh, podcast, Ben, I've, I don't edit it ever. So I hit record and I hit stop and whatever's on that show like that. is what the show is. And I've never edited a show. So, and not everybody can do that, or, or I, I don't think everybody should do that. But point is, is that like, um, because of that, it forces me to be better at being like, not realizing that there's no safety net that I can always go back and go, I need to fix this or whatever means that I have to be better on the microphone than a lot of my peers. Um, and it's, it, it's what makes a good public speaker or I do a lot of like when, when we were allowed, uh, right in the middle of COVID, but I do a lot of public speaking. In fact, I don't know if you guys can see those, those, uh, badges behind me. Those are all conferences that I've spoken at or been an MC of. And that is a, that's second nature for me to be on a stage and presenting. I don't think that, uh, everyone is equipped for that. And when, even if you have a lot of success in one area, like you said, you kind of walk in with it with like a little swagger and you're like, I got this. And you're like, Hey guys, what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. And it takes someone 60 seconds to go, Oh, this person's terrible at this. This is not what they do. They're really bad at, at communicating in this way. So, and I, unfortunately, I think there's a lot of, uh, marketers, People follow these like marketing and entrepreneurial podcasts and those shows sometimes get a lot of downloads, you know, and they're doing well, but they're not good at it. They're not, I can, I won't name it, but there's a few that are really, really bad at it that you might know the name of, especially in the entrepreneurial space. And you just go, man. So I've sort of chosen, I'm going to not pander to that and I'm going to try to be better at the craft. And what happens is uh, a good example. There's a guy named Ryan Levesque that wrote a book called Ask. It was a great best-selling entrepreneurial book. And there's a conference in San Diego, California that is called Traffic and Conversion. And it's really all the big time internet marketers. These are people that do like nine and 10 figure product launches, like big millions and millions and millions of dollars kinds of things. So when you walk through the halls there, it's just a who's who of, of millionaires and people that are very well known. And I was emceeing the event and I walked, uh, I was walking literally to the, to get to my room to, to, uh, to introduce somebody. And this guy, Ryan Levesque stopped me and he was talking to a three or four other, you know, big, like a list, people and he literally pulls me and says, Hey, do you guys know Michael O'Neill? He's the best interviewer in podcasting. And I, I'm like, dude, that is, I can't stay, but thank you for that. And I had to go, but I thought that right there is the reason why you pay attention to the details, because I don't know that I would have been able to reach any of those other people that he was talking to, but then they all became 
easy guests because Ryan said, hey, this guy's really good at what he does. So I think to be uh, successful podcasting or YouTube or really any of it right now, you know, the big trend is Clubhouse. Um, be a student of the game, be a, be a real student and listen to the people that are great. Like I said, off camera with Sam Jones, amazing interviewer, Dak Shepard on armchair expert. Um, uh, here's the thing with Alec Baldwin, great conversationalists. And if you're going to do an interview show, learn, you know, start breaking down from a technical standpoint, what they do to, to, uh, to, to be good at it. And you will find that when you bring people on your show, that not only will you be more confident, but the people that you interview will be so much more grateful and will recommend you to other people. That's how a show grows in 2021. It's, there's very little sort of outside marketing we can do, uh, much like, like we can do on YouTube. It's very difficult to kind of game the system in podcasting. You just kind of have to be a, a, a good at it. Uh, I'm curious about your take on all uh, that, Ben. 100% agree. Uh, and I think the podcast or a podcast is one medium like that. If you have something where you're interviewing people, like we're doing it right now. And by the way, if you guys want to follow Michael O'Neill, go on solohour.com and message him or go on Twitter, um, type solo hour or Instagram type solo hour you find them on these websites and go follow this guy but the thing is if you do something like that what we are doing right now having a call this is something that will widen your network so if for example if I am nobody and I have no podcast and no YouTube show and no magazine for example um, I do not uh, I do not have a, that good position to get in touch with somebody. So, yeah. Right, no leverage. Yeah, there's no leverage. No so, leverage. Uh, I, can, I can write you an email, Michael, and tell you, hey, I'm Ben from Germany, owner of this, this, and this. Uh, do you like to have a talk with me? And you say, um, why? Why? <laughs> sure. I thought we were going to talk yeah, about Yeah, we, we could talk about Porsche or Rolex. But, but um, yeah, but... The, the thing, the thing is, the, the, the reason is you would uh, maybe, and it's depending on the person for sure, but nine out of 10 would not agree to have a call with you or to have a talk with you. But if you were offered the, offer the people um, being on their podcast show, being featured in your magazine uh, or something like that, and you have outreach and um, maybe a good marketing, then you're getting in touch with people you would never have met without having a podcast. And yeah. then you're starting doing relationships and creating a network and starting friendships maybe with somebody. For sure, we can do a podcast interview and say it was awesome. Uh, good luck and see you. Okay, then you're not building a network, uh, right? But if you stay in touch with the people, helping the people, um, following them, talk from time to time to them uh, then you will widen your network because you had this podcast show what is your point about that do you agree yeah 100 100 and and uh once this you know somebody will be listening to this in the future the best thing you can do to get that if it's hard for you to get a, a great you know guest 
the best thing you can do is start going to conferences. If you start going to, you know, marketing type or whoever you're interviewing, it doesn't matter, whatever it is. If you're trying to get to a group of people, you have to go to where that group of people is. I can't tell you how many times I've been like at a, you know, at a bar, at the hotel bar after uh, an event and was able to, to uh, have a conversation with someone that I wouldn't be able to get to otherwise. And, you know, they ended up on my podcast. You know, we're, you know, having a whiskey together or something. And all of a sudden, you know, or they're literally in my studio, which has happened a number of times as well. So, yeah. Uh, in fact, the, the most recent one, I think, is a guy named Steve Weatherford. I did a, a, an event for my buddy Nick. I did a little thing on podcasting. Steve Weatherford, I think he's Weatherford5 on Instagram. I could be wrong with that. But he's a former professional football player. He looks like a jacked you know, guy. Well, we've become great friends uh, because we, we're at the same event. And you know, we play pickleball together. And, and I'm doing his 30-day metabolic reset. So I'm drinking so much water right now. Um, but that doesn't happen unless you get out of your house and you go to where those people are. So one of the best things you can do to grow your network is to go to an event. If you can afford it, get the VIP pass because generally that's a smaller group and you're exposed to most of the speakers and the, the higher ups at the event. So if the ticket's $400 and the VIP ticket's $1,200, try to find a way to get the VIP ticket so that you can be around those people and you'll be amazed at what kinds of things can happen when you're right there shaking hands and talking to those people. Uh, yeah, definitely. I've also done a lot of uh, interviews in those VIP areas on conferences with people I could have never met uh, before. Um, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I have a whole portable podcast rig. I've got a Zoom H6 and two Shure SM58s. And I've absolutely said, hey, man, can we, can we bang out an interview in the lobby tomorrow? And oh, yeah, totally. And we just sit down. It's, it's crowded, but the mics are good. And it's great. You know, you end up yeah. having a great experience. And, and what do you think about, this is, this is my perspective, people have too much expectations about something. Let me explain that real quick. Um, some people starting a podcast, for example, that they can do a podcast exchange like, hey, I interview you, you interview me. But in my perspective, this is not how it should work. So if you want to uh, want to interview some, someone for real, go do that. But do not have the expectancy that right, this right. guy is also interviewing you. What, what do you think about that? Because I think if you agree to that ahead of time, that's fine. But that shouldn't be the, I don't think I've ever interviewed someone uh, with the expectation of them interviewing me. Uh, I think it's one thing if you have a conversation and you say, uh, hey, let's be on each other's shows. It, you know, it fits because um, that's not always the case. But no, I don't think you want to have any set any expectations like that. I think. Uh, and, and that that translates even into like the amount of downloads or what do you expect to happen with the show when I started the solopreneur hour I just wanted to interview cool people that's that's the only expectation I had the fact that it happened to 
get popular and, and monetize pretty quickly um, was, you know, happenstance. It wasn't yeah. intended. Um, so guys, usually this podcast episodes are around 30 minutes, but I think today we will need to add some here. <laughs> uh, I told you, I've never uh, been accused of brevity, yeah, but you, I told you that. You were talking about uh, uh, the monetization. So how is it possible to monetize a podcast to six figures a month? Well, it wasn't six figures a month, but it was six figures. Um, uh, well, gosh, harder now than it was in 2013. That's for dang sure. Um, what happens with any online business, and that's podcasting or YouTube or anything we've been talking about, you first bring an audience, a targeted audience to you. And that can be on Instagram live. It can be a podcast, it can be YouTube, whatever, but you're talking about a thing. It's the brand that I mentioned earlier. So part of the brand is knowing who your audience is and where they hang out. Okay. In the, in the car world, as I'm building this Porsche YouTube channel, I know a lot of them are on Instagram. I know where that, I know that world is on Instagram. I also know they're, they're on a lot of Facebook groups. So the first thing I would do is I'm, uh, as I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to start this YouTube channel is I start an Instagram account and I join all the Facebook groups and I start posting images and things like I'm starting to establish myself as a, as an entity on those platforms. Then once the show launches, now I have an excuse to say, hey guys, you know, we've been hanging out for a couple months now. I just decided to start this YouTube channel about restoring a vintage Porsche and you can get it here. And so that's very different than like you start a thing, then join all the groups and just start spamming everybody because nobody knows you yet. That is frowned upon generally. So you establish yourself as a, an entity and then you do that. Well, once you have an audience, you can do any number of things with that audience. You can sell your own products and services. What, what most people think, well, how do you monetize? It's, they think, you know, Google AdWords or they think um, some sort of like out of the box podcast advertising, which is a little bit of it. But, you know, you have a popular YouTube channel. I don't know if you do any brand deals or any, do you do, you do anything like that? Or not, you just not, rely on AdWords not, for not really income? Much, on that? Not really much. Because 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 if you're no, doing no something like that, um, you you give the attraction to products that are not from you, and um, so so that's why I mostly promote right. only myself products on the YouTube channel. Some coaching. That's okay. Well, well, that's one of the products, things I was going like to say in, in a couple of seconds. That's one of the bullet points. Is is your own products and services, but. Um, like with YouTube, if someone clicks on one of your videos and you, you know, get a five second video, 10 second video, you get a fraction of a percentage of money for that. So the more, you know, views a video gets, the more it can make, you know, it's not a lot. You know, I know guys that have 2 million followers that make about five grand a month in, in AdWords, which isn't a lot considering 2 million yeah, it depends, people are following. It depends on the niche. Where they really make 
Depends on the diffs. That's right. Where they really make money is like a buddy of mine has a family channel and Hyundai or a car maker will pay him $100,000 for a weekend to shoot four videos with him and his family in one of their new cars and put it on their channel. That's where the real money is. So with podcasting, it's in my opinion, you don't have to have a huge show to be able to monetize it. But what you said a minute ago is by far the most important thing. It's the niche that you're in. And if that niche happens to be um, monetizable, meaning uh, do the, does your audience, <coughs> excuse me, does your audience, do they have disposable income? Is it a, is it a hobby or a, a, uh, an industry where people spend money? First of all, like, is it inherently monetizable? And two, is there gear or products involved? That's where you can really crush it. So for my wrench YouTube channel, if I bring, you know, in, it's in my, I have about 8,500 subscribers right now. I think I can make six figures from that, that channel with 10,000 subscribers because those are 10,000 people that are vintage Porsche passionate people. So if I, you know, I can make a certain amount from Google AdWords, but if I approach any company that sells products or services to that audience, that is worth real money. I can start walking up and saying, look, I'll run, I'll do a little two minute, three minute ad for you on my next video, and that'll be $2,500. And that's where you start making real money. Um, with a podcast, I think you wanna get to a point where you're having at least a thousand downloads per episode before you can start thinking about monetizing. And that's in a very specific niche. Generally, I think it's at least 2,000. The industry will tell you 5,000, but I think, that's, I think that's dated. I think you can do okay with less than that. Um, I'm gonna share something though with you that I think might be the most important piece of monetizing a podcast. And that is a concept called lifetime customer value. Do you know of that sure, concept, sure. Ben? I'm a marketing guy, sure. <laughs> so. Of course. All right. Well, so what that means, though, in the in the for the rest of us is typically a podcast. If you're going to go buy advertising dollars, the there's like an industry standard where like a, for, let's say, a pre-roll, which means that's an ad at the beginning of a show, will pay you eighteen dollars per one thousand downloads. OK, and then a mid-roll will pay you twenty five dollars per 1000 downloads. So what is that? 40, 42 bucks per thousand or something. So if your show is generally averaging after about six weeks, if your show's average like 5,000 downloads ish, you're going to get about $200, 220 bucks per episode in the traditional advertising model, which I think is complete and utter bullshit. I think that is a completely um, it is a, 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 a disconnect from a broadcast audience, which would be on the radio to a podcast audience because a podcast audience has already opted in twice. They've subscribed to your show and they've downloaded that episode. So they've already gone through 
two qualifying hoops. So now you've got a listener that is laser targeted. So that one listener is worth way more than a general audience member that's getting four or 5,000 downloads. Like if you've got a comedy show or something like that that's doing 20,000 downloads an episode, that's fine. But if you've got a show about photography and you're getting 1,000 downloads an episode, that is worth way more because now you have 1,000 photographers listening to your show. And we know that photographers buy a lot of gear. They love lenses. They love training. There's a lot of way to monetize those people. So what we do is uh, one of my hobby podcasts is called Beginner Audiophile. It's all about high-end audio. Those people are passionate. They spend a ton of money. That show gets about 7,500-ish downloads an episode, which is pretty good in the grand scheme of things in the podcast world. Um, But... Those people have a very hard time reaching their audience. The high-end audio people, this isn't Best Buy. This isn't, you know, Amazon. These are people that, like, are into high-end audio. They're into listening to music. They spend a lot of money, sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars on their systems. So they know, the companies that make that gear know that if they get one uh, uh, sale... Those people tend to be very brand loyal. Uh, ben, are you an Apple guy or an Android, an Android guy? guy. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm an Apple guy, and I'm on a, I have a MacBook Pro here. I have a Mac Pro there. There's an iPhone right here. There's an Apple Watch right here. There's another old iPhone over there. I've got an Apple TV. I mean, I just named about 20 grand worth of products. And that's just right here. This is just like in this one room of my house. That is brand loyalty. So what that means is my lifetime customer value for Apple, the amount of money I have spent with this brand over 20 years is bonkers. I would be, I would shudder to actually figure out what the number is. But what that means on Apple's side is their cost per acquisition can go up a lot more. They know that if they get a customer that customer is going to spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars over time. So they can spend a lot of money on fancy commercials, nice packaging, beautiful stores. Like that's how that all works. So when I'm doing, uh, when I'm looking for advertisers for beginner audiophile, I ask the companies, what's your lifetime customer value? And they might say it's $1,500. And I go, great. So, I'm then going to charge them for one month of advertising $3,000. And that's going to include two 60-second ad reads on my shows. But I know that I'm getting $7,500 per episode. So that's 15,000 exposures. And out of those 15,000, we only need two people to buy their products for them to break even. Because their lifetime customer value is fifteen hundred dollars. Definitely, Does that makes sense. But I'm a little bit shocked. Yeah, I'm a little bit shocked that you mentioned the numbers of uh, fifteen and twenty-five dollars per ad per thousand people. Because in Germany, for if you advertise on the yeah. podcast, you're around eighty to let's say one hundred fifty euros, which is more than the dollar. Uh, 80 to 150 euros per thousand people, if you're specific, uh, not on the comedy podcast. Good. 
Well, that's better than it used to be. Yeah, we're 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 cheap here. It could be because there's less uh, podcasts in maybe uh, in Germany uh, versus the U.S. But but uh, good, good for you. Yeah, it doesn't he- doesn't help me in that case that's, because this podcast is international. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you'll soon find out, right? Yeah. yeah, it's hard. I mean, I'm telling you, it's it's a tough road to hoe when you're when you're doing like an uh, uh, you know an entrepreneurial podcast. It's got to it's got to have a, a different spin on it, I think, to to do well. So I'm, I'll be curious to see sort of how this goes for you. Um, but you've got a nice audience on YouTube that you can hopefully port over a few of those people. To, to help you like prime the pump and boost this show yeah, uh, at the beginning. Definitely. So uh, guys, if you are a Porsche lover, go on wrench.com slash YouTube and follow this guy on his new YouTube channel. He needs to get up the... Th- yeah. Can you spell that for that, for what? the audio people? Can you spell wrench sure. for the audio it's people? R-E-N-N-C-H dot com slash YouTube. R E N N C H. Do you get? Do you get where that comes from? Do you know what Ren is in no, the Porsche world? No, I'm not that Porsche addicted. Ren is Ren is sport, oh, right? You mean yeah, Ren Ren sport, yeah. <laughs> okay. Ren. Yeah. Is it Ren? I didn't know that you that this is from Germany. What what is Ren? Um, it's Ren. It's like run. Like run. Okay. All right. So in the in the vintage Porsche world, the word Ren, they've got like um, you know Ren Sport, Ren Line. Uh, you know, that's all. The, this the uh, Carrera RS is the Carrera Ren Sport. Okay. Yeah, in, that's in what G- that in is. Germany. And so I've combined that word. In Germany, huh? it's called uh, Ren Sport. It's uh, like the translation would be motorsports. Yeah. Yeah. In Germany, it's Rennsport. You're right. So I've combined the, the traditional spelling of Wrench, W-R-E-N-C-H, with Ren, because that is a very vintage Porsche thing. And that is what became Wrench. Sounds awesome. Sounds <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's super fun. And I know I have a little baby channel next to yours. You've got a, a big, giant audience. But it's been fun for me, especially during quarantine for the last like nine months, growing this channel and, and starting to really understand, you know, YouTube algorithms. And I, in fact, I just had my first big hit and maybe this is another really, really quick point to bring up. I've been banging videos out on this thing for a year and a half with, you know, very slight growth. But then I finally had a hit uh, mid-December of 2020. I had a video that ran right up to 125,000 views and it added 3,000 subscribers and my channel like really accelerated because of it. And, and that's just one of those things we talked about earlier. You know, you only last seven episodes. You've got to stay in it. You've got to just keep cranking them out because it's, you never know. You could have one, I call it a hit song. You could have one hit song and that that's changes con- that Consistency. So it's every time about consistency, um, no matter if you're yeah. starting a podcast or a YouTube channel or a business, uh, I'm doing business since, I don't know, 20 years. So th- there, is, there is no overnight success. Maybe that's a little bit off topic to the, top, uh, to the podcast, but there is definitely no overnight success. 
for 99.999 percentage of the people. Um, you need to be consistent, you need to wake up every day, give what you can and do doing it. That That's the main key. It's why it's so, it's why your brand is so important. The thing that you, you've decided to talk about, it's why it's so important because there's going to be occasions where you just don't want to do it. You're going to go, oh man, I got this going on, this going on, this going on. But you got to be passionate about your subject. And if you are, then it's easy. It's not work. You just, you can't wait to hit record and, and, and give what you have to your audience. Definitely. And that's the important part. Definitely, 100% agree. Um, so, guys, if you like to start a podcast, definitely you should follow these guys. So, um, I already... I already told you, about, go on solohour.com. You have courses, um, you help people starting a podcast and um, show them how to do it right. Because guys, the problem is if you start something by your own, it costs you more money than spending some money on a coach and he shows you how he did it. That's uh, you, you can learn yeah, from people. That's that's 100%. what you guys right now are doing for free. You're listening to a podcast uh, to a guy who brings you value, who a guy who's uh, uh, telling you the story um, out of his life. These are very valuable informations. And if you pay for someone, of course, you taking a deep dive. So and that helps you building your business. I love how you say value. Reminds me of Star Trek. What? I said I love how you say value. It reminds me of Star Trek. <laughs> I mean, of maybe it's a German accent. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's great. It's, it's awesome. Um, I have a course called The Art of the Interview. You heard earlier how passionate I am about like just being good at this. Be good at your job. So I have a course called uh, Art of the Interview, and it's at artoftheinterview.co artoftheinterview.co. And um, I'll tell you what, if five people from this show uh, purchase it, I will fully refund randomly one of the five. So if we get five sales from it, one of you guys will get it for free. Awesome, guys. So you've got a 20% chance of getting it for that, free. That's a lot. It's not bad. That's definitely a lot. So, so yeah, 500 bucks, maybe 500 pounds. So if you guys purchase that um, message, something um, that you have listened to it in the Business and Lifestyle Legends podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll, uh, I will randomly choose one of you uh, and you'll get it for free. And that's a good move, man. Thanks for that. Thanks from the audience. Um, so last word, um, is, is there something yes, sir. you want to say to the audience? We have talked about consistency. We have talked about the cool things, starting a podcast. We have talked about be professional. Um, don't uh, take it serious. Is there anything to add that we have not spoken about in the last 45 minutes, 50 minutes? A quick little tip, if you're brand new and you're a little uncomfortable about being in front of a, a, a microphone, um, and I swear I'm not joking about this, 
do a couple of drinks before you start recording. It will absolutely, uh, even if you don't record that episode, even if it's for practice, you'd be amazed at how much looser you'll be just having, getting into a conversation. Set, set a mood, like if, if you're gonna practice for a show, set a nice mood, light some candles, make it dim, make it conversational like you're in a, you know, a, a late night, you know, bar with books around you. Don't like make it a stark, bright, you know, atmosphere. And you'll find that uh, your brain will settle into a nice spot. Um, what you said though, I think is the, the really the truth, which is uh, you can't give up on this. You have to really, like I said, be a student of the game and, and stick with it. Uh, don't have an agenda, just focus on making each episode the best episode and get them out there. And then you talk about them and, and you know, promote as much as you want, but don't have a timeline in your head that I'm going to start this show, then I'm going to start a YouTube channel, then I'm going to start my mastermind, then I'm going to do live events. Just get the show out there and see how you feel. And when you get to what I call cruising altitude, meaning you, you, you're comfortable now, you're comfortable with scheduling shows, doing interviews, processing the shows, getting them published. Once that becomes comfortable for you, then think about moving on to the YouTube channel or the live events or the whatever, but don't try to do it all at once. Just do the podcast. Believe me. And Ben will reaffirm this. It is plenty of work to just do a podcast. Just get that out in the world. Get yourself settled, look up, move on to the next thing. Definitely. I have a team behind myself. Um, what you said, if you're doing all by yourself, it is definitely work. So um, if you want to um, stick to this guy, to his podcast, listen to his podcast, follow him or getting in touch with Michael, go on solohour.com and just get in touch with him. He will reply if you're lucky. <laughs> I was great. I really Thank you, Ben. This has been so much fun. Thanks, man. Thanks you. for being here. Thanks for sharing your story and your, your knowledge with the audience. Um, yeah, loved it. Great episode. Thanks, guys. Um, Great. Would be awesome if you are again there in the next episode with us in the Business and Life's a Legend podcast. And I wish you a great day or great night or great morning whenever you listen to this. Thanks, Michael. Bye-bye.